Welcome back to Rebels Rewind. It's been almost a year because of COVID and other things. It's a new team. Kellen and Nick have graduated, and they've been graduated for almost a year. But uh, my name is Riley Malinowski. I am the sports editor this year at The Projector, and I also interned last year. So I was on an episode of Rebels Rewind last December or last November or something like that. But it's been a while, and I am joined by my host over here. If you want to introduce yourself, please go ahead. Josh Fry, Sam Man, thank you for having me on. I'm a first year, uh, planning on being a journalism major. And so first year student here, first time on the Rebels Rewind podcast. So I appreciate you for having me on, man. Yeah, it should be a good time. So basically what we're going to try to do with these is every two weeks or so, we're going to get together and just talk sports for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, of course, the college has no sports going on right now, so we have nothing to really talk about there, unfortunately. But finally, it took a while, but there's finally some pro sports back on that we can talk about and keep ourselves entertained with, including a pretty big game coming up in about 9 or 10 days. It's pretty big, man. Yeah, like we got the good old Super Bowl coming up, Chiefs, Bucks. I mean, as you know, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so that was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, just the way that we lost that uh, in the NFC Championship this year. But as far as the game goes, man, this is uh, still the Super Bowl, still the biggest game of the year, uh, the biggest event of the year, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it, man. We got we got commercials to watch for ad class. We've got, and then we just got football to watch, you know? So that should be a good time. You know, I, I read somewhere once that actually Super Bowl Sunday is the day the, the day where the second most food is consumed. I believe it. Like, I think it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the day that the most food is consumed, and then Super Bowl Sunday. Because, I mean, like, you're going to have nachos and wings and pizza and all kinds of good stuff. I, I believe it, man. And, and definitely got to be one of the days, one of the biggest days of year for alcohol consumption as well. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. But uh, you know, I mean, the, actually, one thing is though is that it is on a Sunday. I mean, like my my parents, for example, typically if we go to a Super Bowl party, what they do is they take off the Monday and then even the Tuesday after the Super Bowl, so that way they can enjoy themselves. We'll we'll put it that way. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe this year is going to be a little bit different though. There might not be a need to to take off the Monday and Tuesday, man. There's going to be a lot more tamed parties, or, well, there's not, there might not be any parties for that matter, at least where we are. So it's going to be a different, interesting kind of Super Bowl this year, but it's still the same old Super Bowl at the end of the day, man. We got uh, two great teams. We got the GOAT versus the Kid was what, it was, was, was what this matchup was dubbed. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Just to put you on the spot, do you have a prediction? I think Chiefs win this game. I mean, if, if we're talking betting odds, I think that the Chiefs are three-point favorites right now. And I would say that the Chiefs are going to cover those three points. But uh, And that's just my early kind of lean that I've got going on here. Um, regardless, though, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to at, le- at the very least win this game How by how much, I don't know. And the only reason I think that is just because the Chiefs are just the better team here in, in my mind. Uh, the Bucks have a great squad. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady uh, didn't really play his best. He hasn't played his best by by any stretch, but they've got a good supporting cast around him, and he, at the end of the day, has been able to do the things that he needs to do in order to keep his team afloat. And But but at the end of the day, man, like we saw with that Chiefs game against the Bills last weekend in the, in the AFC Championship, 
like the Chiefs were just better. You know, it, it wasn't really much that the Bills could do. It was just a matter of the Chiefs were just the better football team. And I think that's once again the case here. Yeah, like I thought the Bills, and I still think the Bills have a really solid team and a really solid roster. But that game, they did not look like that against the Chiefs. But like you said, I think the Chiefs are just that much better. And of course, they were at the big game last year and they won. So they've been there before. And uh, like myself, Patrick Mahomes was a Cowboys fan So before he made the NFL. So he's got that going for him. Uh, the Cowboys have nothing going for them, but they have that. And yeah, other than just Mahomes, like they've got a solid roster with them. And uh, I don't know what your thoughts on this are. I saw a meme on, I think it was Twitter, a couple days ago that said, Tom Brady really just picked a random team and said, y'all want to go to the Super Bowl? So do you, do you think that, do you think Tom Brady could take any team to the Super Bowl? Or does Tampa have enough players that uh, they could do it without him or do it, they could help him along the way? Yeah, man. The thing with with football and, and why I believe it's the, the best team sport in, in the world is just simply because one man cannot do it all himself, right? This isn't basketball and no disrespect about the game of basketball, but this isn't like LeBron James going to any team he wants. You know, if, if we're talking LeBron James, yes, I could say pick a roster in the NBA and LeBron James makes them a playoff team instantly, if not even a championship contender instantly, right? But with football... It's completely different. You've got 11 on 11 here. Um, Tom Brady makes this team significantly better. And Tom Brady was by far absolutely the missing piece for them. But they have a spectacular supporting cast around him, man. Like they, On paper, uh, one of the best receiving cores in the league. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, right? They've got two great edge rushers in, in Shaq Barrett and JPP. And then even with their rookie, um, Antoine Winfield Jr., He's been balling out too. Like they're just a solid team on paper on all three levels uh, on the defense and uh, on offense. I mean, they've got a great running back uh, cast. They've got great offensive line. They've, like I said, got great receivers. And then, and now they just needed Tom Brady. And well, here they are. Uh, what do you think uh, after this season? No matter what happens in the Super Bowl, what do you think about the future of guys like Gronk and of Tom Brady? Do you think they're going to stick around? Well, I think Gronk already came out and said that he wanted to come back. Now, the the problem is is a financial aspect at that point because Gronk is... I don't have the number in front of me, but Gronk is making a certain amount of money that is might be a little bit tough for the Buccaneers to, to move around. So at that point, it could be... Uh, restructuring Brady's contract it could be restructuring Gronk's contract it could be restructuring other players contracts but I think that the Buccaneers absolutely want him back and the other thing is too is that a lot of guys that uh, a lot of people forgot about uh, OJ Howard who was actually the original starting tight end for the Buccaneers and he's a spectacular athlete a spectacular player in himself so he's gone but he's going to be back next year fully healthy and now they're going to have OJ Howard, Cameron Brait, and Rob Gronkowski all at the tight end position, and they really don't need all three of them. So although I think Gronk is going to come back, it's just a matter of whether the Buccaneers are willing to pay him what he wants to get paid or if he wants to take a discount to come back and maybe make another run. It's interesting you talk about making another run. Uh, I think, like, looking ahead, there's really no reason to think why the Chiefs and the Bucks can't be back here again next year. I mean, the Chiefs, they're a really good team, like we said. And, like They're not old by any stretch. And then uh, with the Buccaneers, especially if Drew Brees isn't going to be around, I think they're going to be able to take their division and then 
they can get into the playoffs with a good seed and no some momentum, I can see them going right back to the Super Bowl again. It could be like the NBA where you have Golden State and Cleveland a bunch of times in a row. Maybe we get Tampa and Kansas. That's the thing, right, is the, the Buccaneers, they're going to have a little bit of turnover on their side of things. But for the most part, if they can figure out a way to get some guys back on some team-friendly deals, I mean, <laughs> this is a scary team again. And, and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, one important thing to note is that Patrick Mahomes, uh, his contract, the way they structured it, he's actually still not, I know that everybody went, went crazy, signed that big uh, 10-year, $450 million contract um, extension. But the, the, the core of that contract extension actually doesn't even kick in next year. He's actually still making kind of like peanuts when it comes to the quarterback position. I think he's only like making 24 mil or something like that next year, um, which the quarterback position in the NFL, that's not that much money. So the Chiefs actually do have a quarterback-friendly deal along with even Travis Kelsey on a friendly deal. And they're going to be able to not only bring some players back next year, but they're also going to be able to acquire some other pieces and and once again, yeah, gear up for another run. What about you? Do you think that the Chiefs are right back in it? Yeah, you know, I can actually see, just because with how young their team is, I can see them becoming almost like a modern dynasty. I know we don't see it that much anymore. We had the Patriots forever. I don't think they're going to get to that level where they dominate for no. a decade, but I can see them being contenders for the next five years, four or five years for sure. Yeah, man. I don't know if we'll ever see what the New England Patriots did ever again. That was uh, when you're talking about in the salary cap era where you have so much turnover on a year-to-year basis um, with most teams. To, to, to do what the Patriots did with having turnover every single year in multiple positions, and uh, they've literally just had... Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as the two main constants, and they were literally able to go to, what was it, 13 conference championships and like six or, or eight Super Bowls, sorry. Like, I mean, that that's just absurd. Yeah, just uh, quickly, one last sort of NFL-related things before we get into the next topic. Uh, it's not Super Bowl, but I'm just thinking, what do you think, uh, guys? Uh, Philip Rivers announced his retirement. So what about guys like Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, older quarterbacks where do you see them next year yeah I think Drew Brees is done um, but Ben Roethlisberger actually funny you mention him I saw news today that he plans on coming back and uh, his his is once again kind of a financial issue so his is kind of his contract is pending in terms of how he restructures his one-year deal basically but yeah Ben Ben has every intention of coming back it sounds like um, Drew Brees after he suffered those 11 cracked ribs, like, I don't know, <laughs> at, at like 42, 43 years old, man, I don't know, after you suffer 11 cracked ribs, I don't know if you really want to put your body through too much more, but but I think Big Ben, he has every intention of coming back, and then Philip Rivers, yeah, he's he's a little bit more of a, of a toss-up, I think that he might be retiring, to be honest with you, and I don't know, well, actually, one question for you, do you think that Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer? That's a pretty big debate in, in the NFL world. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I want to say no, just because, you know, I don't know, like he never got it done. He was on some good teams in his prime. He had one of the best running backs ever and they just couldn't get over that hump. I don't think that's necessarily his fault, but I think when you look at stuff like that, that's what a lot of analysts and guys like that seem to kind of care towards is they want to see playoff success. They want to see championships. And unfortunately he just, he just never got over that hump. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. He has he's in the top echelon of just about every passing stat that you can imagine. Um, the literally the only thing that is has evaded him is that ever so coveted championship ring man and and he just hasn't got there and uh, at, at this point in his career man he's just not he can't he's I don't think he's capable enough to shoulder a load and 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 to be that guy who gets the team over the edge kind of like Tom Brady has been for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah exactly I think uh Rivers best shot was it oh it's quite a while ago 2007 2008 somewhere in there the year that uh Tomlinson broke all those records that was their year I think and right. I, I think I don't know I was like 10 years old but I believe their defense just fell apart for them yeah they were they were stellar yeah that uh yeah Lane Tomlinson I think he won the uh MVP in like 2006 or like the rush all that like he set all those records in 2006 and like that was uh that was pretty incredible. He was uh, that and that I would agree that was probably their best shot at it. Um, he's definitely been on some good teams since then. But yeah, that that team, I think they went like 14 and two or something like yep. that. And they were just yeah, they were they were just rolling. So uh, probably was his most talented team he's ever been around. And uh, just moving into something a little bit different. Uh, of course, we talked about the biggest game. There was also a pretty big oh, trade. Uh, and in fact, including a local team, the Winnipeg Jets dealt, they dealt superstar Patrick Laine and center Jack Roslovic to the Columbus Blue Jackets for center Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third round pick in 2022. So I'll just get your take on that real quick. Initial thoughts, eh? Before you go off on a rant here. <laughs> yeah, my, my initial thoughts, man, I, I felt like I, I took this... Um, trade very objectively like I was able to look at it objectively because a lot of people initial reactions were just I cannot believe Lion A's gone and and everybody freaked out and said this was an awful trade but the only reason everybody said it was an awful trade was because Lion A was involved in the trade but when you really break this trade down man listen it was a bad PR move on the Jets behalf let's get real here you know, trading away a fan favorite's never easy. But at the end of the day, when you look at the team on paper, we got we got better. You know, this is a better we got the player right now, Pierre Luc Dubois is a better player than Patrick Line at this very moment. Now, ceilings wise, Patrick Line could be a far better player than Pierre Luc Dubois, but he hasn't reached that potential yet. So for me, initial thoughts are the Jets actually won this trade. They got better as a team. But in the process, they uh, their PR department was definitely set on fire a little bit. But what were your thoughts on the trade? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, you know, rant. I, I think I've had a few days to kind of cool down. My initial reaction was I was mad. But like you said, that's because Lonnie was gone. He was He's a fan favorite, and I really see a lot of potential in him. And I still think he has a good chance of being a Rocket Richard winner. But you're right. When you look at it, getting a guy like Dubois who was a budding 1C. And if you go back and you watch highlights from last year's play-ins, he, he basically single-handedly eliminated the Maple Leafs with his play in the play-ins. So I think that was kind of his coming out party. This year, he did not look good, but that was because he wanted out. He, he was trying to play yeah. his way off the team. Um, and that's a whole different discussion, whether whether or not that's the way to go. But it ended up working for him. He ended up getting traded away from Columbus. And to have the center depth that the Jets do, at the, the price that they have them at right now opens up a lot of options. If you look at teams in the North Division, if you look at Toronto, they've got two number one centers. They've got Tavares and Matthews. They're signed combined for, I believe, $22 million, whereas the Jets have four centers signed for $20 million. Shifley and Dubois are making less combined than Matthews is making by himself. They're making less combined than McDavid. 
So McDavid and Matthews are better players, but right. when you have that kind of one-two punch at that cheap of a, uh, a cap, that means you'll have room to go after a defenseman. You know, people were talking about Dougie Hamilton in free agency this year. I don't know if he wants to sign in Canada because I heard that he didn't. But if you get a top caliber player with that cap space, the Jets are instantly uh, a cup contender. And I think that if you have a cup contender, the Winnipeg Jet fans will be able to quickly get over Patrick Line. It, it sucks and it hurts and it's reminiscent to the Salani trade, but only because they're both finished. Like Salani was traded for pennies on the dollar because the ownership, they were going to Arizona and they want to market Kachuk. That's what I've read. They wanted to market Kachuk because he was an American star. Uh, this is completely different. The Jets aren't getting scraps. They're getting a legitimate top-line player at arguably the most coveted position in, in the game. And, and, and that's just it, right, is because what Pierre-Luc Dubois brings to the game right now is uh, not only does he provide us a little bit of center depth, I mean, I think Statsin is going to be moving over to the wing. At least that's what Maurice kind of hinted at. Who knows? That remains to be seen. But Pierre-Luc Dubois, in terms of what he brings to the table, not only is he going to be able to drive an offense, kind of like how you talked about earlier, but he's also so defensively responsible. And that was honestly my biggest thing with Line. The biggest downs, downside to him was he wasn't very defensively responsible and and that really hurt him in the process that made him a little bit less valuable in my eyes and like you already alluded to earlier in terms of just being able to build around two centers that's what you want man you want to talk about building a championship contender you have to go up the middle and then build outside from that but it it is going to be kind of a wait and see kind of thing with the fans because yeah i mean Pierre-Luc Dubois like the fans I think have had a chance to all take in the trade at this point and maybe realize that hey this was actually a pretty good trade for our for our squad but it's not going to be until yes we start seeing a little bit more success from the Jets and stuff like that until maybe we make the playoffs until we are contenders once again until we are making that run uh, once again that until that point you know, Jets fans are going to kind of be speculating about this trade and, and saying, was this really the right move all along? Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at it, though, like you're right, uh, behind Shifley, they have Shifley locked up for, I think, four more years. But behind him, they have Stastny, but Stastny's 35 years old, and he's a UFA at the end of this year. He's not going to be around forever. Lowry's a UFA this year. Cop uh, is an RFA. Cop can play some center. So then if you look behind Shifley, the Jets really didn't have much. They have Cole Perfetti in juniors but they don't know or i guess he's actually on on the taxi squad right now but they don't know for sure if perfetti will be a center at the NHL level he says he likes to play center but a lot of guys might like to play center they have to be able to do it so and if you look like they they gave up line a but they have kyle connor who i think has 45 50 goal potential in a full year not in a shortened season they have ehlers who is a really great play driving winner and then they have guys like like Veselainen, let's remember Veselainen's a first-round pick, and he's only 21 years old. And Perfetti could always slide over to the wing, and they have guys like Harkins and Appleton. So I think that to give up a big piece like that on the wing, they, they dealt from strength to address a weakness. For sure. And that's all it at the at the end of the day. So I we'll, we'll see where the Jets go from here. But, at, again, they, they got better as a team. And I'm, 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 I'm excited about... Maybe what they can build here, uh, maybe not at this very moment. Kind of like you said, it seems that they're missing some key pieces on the back end. That's 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 kind of hindering them from being able to be actual players for the playoffs and stuff like that. But um, 
as we stand right now, man, the, the Jets got better. And, and yeah, maybe Pierre-Luc Dubois, maybe we're looking at him as our number one center of the future, honestly. Like, who knows what Shifley's future holds in, in Winnipeg. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he might be the guy for us going forward. So if you're looking for a jersey to buy, Jets fans, PLD might be the jersey for you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on, actually, with this trade, uh, before we get into our last topic, was... Uh, one thing that I didn't think of, I think a lot of people were forgetting, is when you throw Roslevic in there, right, he didn't want to really play here, and they got back a third-round pick. And I know some people were upset about that, but if you think about it, there is that expansion draft coming up at the end of the season, and Roslevic would have had to have been protected, otherwise the Jets would have lost him for nothing. So by trading him for a draft pick and not a player, that basically gives you an extra protection slot to use on a guy like Harkins or a guy like Appleton. Whereas before, they would have had to have left them exposed. So it's a little bit shrewd. I think that was definitely in Kevin Shevodelov's mind, though, when he made that trade. For sure. And and the other thing is, too, though, is like, I know that a lot of fans are like, oh, we only got a third-round pick. Like, listen, Roslovic, does he have potential? Yes. But at the end of the day, in my mind, I, I hate to sound so harsh, but he was kind of a bust here in Winnipeg. He didn't really play up to what a lot of people thought that he was going to be able to play up to. And listen, I think he's definitely got the potential to do just that, um, be a very solid offensive option. But and then maybe a change of scenery will do that for him. But as far as in Winnipeg goes, it it, it wasn't working out here. So when you talk about um, when, when you talk about compensation for Roslovic, I think we were honestly lucky to get a third round pick at the end of the day. And I think that uh, I don't know what we're gonna do with that third, but. But I'm, I'm pretty happy with the return that we got for both of our guys. Exactly. And that third round pick, they can either, it's a, it's like a dart. You could throw it at a dartboard or they could package it up or they could throw it at a rental. Like there's there's some options there. That's right. Um, and then I guess just lastly, our last topic of the day, we're going to stay with the Jets here. Uh, just their play so far. I believe they're five and two. The schedule kind of, it, it's weird. It sucks. Like they'll go, they'll play like five games in seven nights and then they'll have four days off. And then they'll do like, four and six and then they'll have three days off so it's a really weird schedule but i'm loving this northern division that's for sure i'm loving the northern division as well man but yes like you already what like you just alluded to like that's a it's a rigorous schedule right it's a it's a compressed schedule and yeah we're playing maybe the same team four times in a row you know like we're about to enter a stretch where i think we're playing the flames like four times in a row so like i'm not the biggest fan of that personally just because and I know a lot of people's argument might be, well, we're going to get to the playoffs eventually where you could see the same team seven times in a row. But this is the regular season. I'm kind of, I like just seeing one team once, maybe twice on a back-to-back, but not four times in a row. That could get a little weird after a while for me. It's just a little bit boring, honestly, at one point after, for me after a while. But um, yeah, as far as this season goes... Man, how good has that second line looked with Ehlers and Statsny and, and, and Cobb now sliding up there? Like, that's looking like a very good line. I was not expecting that. If you had told me that at the beginning of the year, like, <laughs> Cobb, Statsny, and Ehlers playing together, I would have said, well, those guys don't really fit together. That's uh, that's a weird line. But what are your thoughts so far on the on the way these guys have gelled? You know, there is something, when, when Line A got traded, I was a little bit concerned that just the first game that Ehlers would have a bad game because you know his head would have been somewhere else. His best friend on the right. team got traded. But that that game against Ottawa, he was like a man possessed. He was the best player. And he's been, they've only played three games, I think, since the trade. But he's just been absolutely incredible. Ehlers looks like he's really turned a corner. 
And Cop, I've always liked Cop defensively. I think he's he's a, he's a good like uh, what were they call like a lunch pa- uh, lunch pail guy, right? One of the yeah. one of those guys that you know he's he plays physical, he plays good defensively, but now he's starting to show up offensively too, which means his contract's going to cost more in the off season. But uh, <laughs> it's good for the Jets right now. And then when PLD gets here, I believe he has to still miss the next three games, or it might be four games because he's in quarantine for two weeks. Uh, but when he gets here, like, where do you even fit him into the lineup? Because I don't think you want to break up the second line. I feel like the first line is going to stay together, that Connor Shifley wheeler line. So I guess maybe you ease him in on the third line. You put him with guys like Harkins and guys like Appleton and put Lowry on the fourth line, I guess. It's it's a good problem to have. But... Yeah, it, it is a good problem to have. But And like you said, it's going to depend on kind of how that second line is playing at that point, right, when PLD comes in. If that second line is still buzzing, like, I mean... Yeah, then then it's kind of like maybe you put PLD on the third line or something until, you know, further notice or what. I don't know. Like, well, who knows what Maurice is going to do. But at the end of the day, if you got a line buzzing like that, like you're not going to separate them. Right. Um, as far as Ehlers goes, just to touch back on him, Ehlers was a guy who I, I love Nick Ehlers. Right. I love I think he's incredibly dynamic is the word to use with Nick Ehlers. But I really didn't like his fit on this Winnipeg Jets roster just because he. I don't really see anybody that was able to play with him. Like Nick Ehlers had looked like he had all this untapped potential, and he's just such a dynamic player to watch. And it's like, okay, well, can anybody really keep up with him? Is anybody able to compliment Nick Ehlers, right? And listen, right now, it looks like Stastny and Kopp are the guys for him. Um, and so Ehlers kind of shut me up for the time being at least. But... Uh, I'm I'm glad to see it. You know, I'm I'm happy to see it. I think that we just need a little bit more from uh from our top line, especially on the defensive end of things. We're just the Jets are uh, for me their biggest issue is is that it kind of goes through their forwards. If if the forwards aren't playing well and they're not doing doing their thing defensively as well, then this entire team kind of collapses around it. And and so I think that either we need an upgrade on the back end. Or we need those forwards to start playing a little bit more consistently on the back end as well. Because, listen, we, we, we won that game against uh, the Oilers by scoring, I think, six goals. And you can't win every game by scoring six goals. You, you've got you've to gotta be able to win a game two to one or, or three to one, you know. And, and so that's my biggest issue with the Jets right now. You're right. Like six goals a game isn't sustainable, but... Uh, that's where PLD is also going to help. He's good defensively. He's great with board battles, so I think he'll overall help the team defense. And I'm really, really looking forward to him getting into the lineup soon. Okay, so that's it for the first episode in 10 months of the Rebels Rewind show. Uh, this one went a little bit long. Still trying to get our footing, and uh, we'll try and make them a little bit briefer in the coming weeks, unless maybe we get some feedback. Email me, sportseditor at theprojector.ca, all lowercase, if you don't mind having a 25-minute episode, by all means, let me know. We get a little carried away when we start talking about sports, man. You know, it's, it's easy to go on a rant. We probably could have made this episode like two hours, really, at the end of the day if we wanted to. But yeah, we'll try and make it a little bit briefer next time around. Other than that, we'll be back in about two weeks, give or take a couple days. And uh, we'll see what's going on in the world of sports then. So thank you, Josh, for joining me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, man. And yeah, other than that, bye. Hey!